favorite next storyteller. It's next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Our next story comes from Bryce Nayuro. Bryce is the editor-in-chief of the South Broadway Ghost Society, the poetry editor for Suspect Press, and the author of two poetry books, including one called Stupid Flowers. Fun fact, if you howled at eight a lot last year, you might have Bryce to thank for that, depending on where you live. In this story, Bryce talks about his paternal grandmother, a woman who loved her family, trinkets, and the color blue, and about the questions that were never answered during her life. Bryce told this story live at Buntport Theater on January 15th, 2020. The theme of the evening was vision. Hi, everyone. Um, An incomplete family history written in blue ink. I recently attended an event on the intersection of grief and creativity, where I was asked to describe the room of someone in my life who passed away. My mind immediately thought of my grandmother and her love of the color blue. I can still see her room, light blue sheer curtains over a big wide window, outside the window her blue sedan, her bed lined with blue bed sheets made every morning. Stepping into her room felt like stepping into an aquarium, but in place of any kind of claustrophobic feeling, I always found a feeling of warmth. Her room had no secrets, only unheard stories. Stepping into and seeing the pictures of her family, small trinkets, a regularly used rosary, and a cup brimming with blue pens, it was like a mini-museum of not-so-distant moments. Just tiny dioramas of who this woman who only seemed to have time to ask you about yourself. Something about that cup of blue pens has stuck with me. I never asked my grandmother why she had a cup full of pens, let alone why all of the pens were blue, let alone why, if for any reason at all, she loved the color blue so much. My grandmother was born Laura Trujillo before marrying my grandfather, Peter Mayero, often referred to by his children as Pistol Pete. I haven't found out as of yet where that nickname came from, but knowing stories of his drinking, his abuse and temper, his gambling addictions, and the way he disappeared out of the lives of my dad, his brother, and his four sisters, I never really felt the need to ask. I only met Pistol one time, and I was too young to remember. The only photo I can recall ever seeing of him was when he himself was a young boy. I was stricken by his thick calves, recognizing them as the same calves that my dad and I have, perhaps a sign of stubbornness. There's something to the name Mayuro that always seemed intriguing to me. It feels like mud. It feels like a name that's seen some shit. Like the salt of the earth grinded down until the rain came, and what it spit out was Mayuro. I've tried to trace my name back through ancestry tools, and I did manage to find records of Petro Mayuro arriving at Ellis Island, but finding the details of who we are and what we've been has proved more difficult. I always joke that Mayuro has so many vowels because we were in the mafia and it shifted over time, adding more vowels to hide its secrets. This theory aided by my sister one day saying to me, Bryce, I found out our family is from Naples, which is maybe the most dangerous place in Italy. I love my last name, Mayuro. When I say it out loud, I picture Thanksgiving with my dad's side of the family growing up, walking through the door of my Aunt Lisa's house, greeted by a never-ending warm wave of hugs that felt more like an impulse of the heart than an obligation. I think about a kitchen brimming with any food you could possibly want. 
antipasta, manicotti, which seemed to sing Mayuro, enchiladas singing Trujillo, and turkeys screaming, well, we are Americans after all. <laughs> I remember my grandmother's big glasses and small stature with the kind of rounded figure that so many grandmothers seem to have. She gave the best hugs, kissing my cheeks, whispering how handsome I am, how much I look like my dad, how much she loves me. When she'd say that, I'd often have this feeling that this woman raised my father, not to mention five other children, but I barely knew her. I only saw her on major holidays and occasional get-togethers. Despite intermittent visits with my grandmother, this is where my identity of love comes from. Living in a world where the message seems to be so tailored to being careful in choosing who you love, the best love seems to be inherent. Not born of need or weight, but just there. This is how I felt with my grandmother. My whole life, I identified as a white person, which is logical because I am a white person. But never once growing up did I think about my aunts and their somewhat brown skin or my grandmother's last name, Trujillo. It all just felt so distant. One day I looked at my dad and realized for the first time that my dad with the last name Trujillo must be Hispanic or Latino or Chicano. I think about overhearing my grandmother speaking Spanish especially the times I heard her tucked away in her bedroom praying her rosary, her fingers spending time with each and every beat of it, no doubt one beat for each and every one of the people she loved, probably even Pistol Pete knowing her kindness. I think about my father growing up saying, Policito! Anytime something slightly tragic happened to my sister or I. Only years later did I realize that this was his Spanglish take on pobrecito, meaning more or less poor thing. I researched my grandmother's last name Trujillo the same way I researched Mayero. What I found was a trail of ancestors heading further and further south as time moves backwards before disappearing into the dust of modern-day New Mexico. When I ask my family where we're from, they say, we're Spanish, and maybe we are, but I can't help but wonder if we're Spanish or if they mean we're Spanish as in somewhere along the way someone decided it's just easier to just take the Eurocentric look at our heritage. This all saddens me. These lack of stories about where my family came from. A grandfather who disappeared in the middle of the second act, incapable of facing the person he was. I think there's two things that really run the gamut of all human experience, and those two things are food and storytelling. So the idea of coming from a lineage where I cannot hear the stories of those who came before me breaks my heart. For years, my family was there, firsthand for my grandmother's twilight years. It's a hard thing to see a warm woman made up of stories, made up of stories get skinnier by the day, her memories disappearing. I remember the ugly feeling of going to see her and her looking at my dad like a stranger. But I always also remember when she passed in a bed by a window in a nursing home. There wasn't enough room for all of us, surrounding my grandmother in the final hours of her life, taking turns holding her hand, pressing her hands to her shoulder, kissing her on the head, showing her the love she taught us. I remember the silence when she took her last breath, followed by the loudest eruption of pain, my aunts, uncles, cousins pacing the room and halls of the nursing home crying. More than anything, I remember my dad, tears running down his face, gently yelling, I don't want to see her go. In that moment, I saw another truth of love, that when you truly love someone, you have to acknowledge that someday you'll lose them, and it's going to hurt like hell. That with the great abandon of truly sharing your heart, there is a brutal acceptance that someday it will be over. 
When my grandfather died, my dad flew up to Milwaukee to attend his funeral. I asked my dad about the funeral when he returned home. He told me there weren't a lot of people there. And he said to me, honestly, I don't know that I felt much of anything. My grandmother passed a few months later. The pews of a local church filled to the brims with people. I walked around with my parents meeting person after person who knew my grandmother, had nothing but the sweetest stories to tell of this woman. I remember, I remember photos of her, never alone, but always beside the people she loved, always smiling through her big glasses, crowned by her curly hair. This is when I knew that all of this is about people. There's nothing in life but sharing stories with the people you love. This is what will live on. I never figured out why my grandmother had a cup full of blue pens in her room, but sitting at the workshop last week, writing my memories of this woman who taught me so much about love, I was halfway through the story of her before I realized I was writing in blue ink, and she was there with me, and I will write her name every chance I get. Thank you. city tries to sleep ashes from the battle lost settle at their feet while the wishes of new widows who are dancing in the streets are gone from their eyes lights all flicker out one by one like lovers looks the soldiers who said goodbye all ended up in books Books their children read and sing a melody so sweet A lullaby It's all long gone, it's all long gone away It's all long gone, it's all long gone away The Narrators is produced by me, Aaron Rollman, and Ron Doyle, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Buntport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Hip Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whale Hawk, and we would also like to thank Kyle James Hauser, who provided the outro music that you are listening to right now. You can find a link to his music in the show notes for this episode. Our live shows take place every third Wednesday of the month. You can find more information about those shows on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at our website, thenarrators.org. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Friday with a new episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Yeah. Somewhere you'll hear laughter and see children hard at play A place where no one's dying and the skies are never gray But here the sun has come to earth and left without a trace And I'm crying